0: Welcome to Side Effects, with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred.
1: Effect is a verb, meaning action. Action influences outcomes.
0: I'm Scott McGowan. And
1: I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently.
0: Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And
1: I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. How are you? I'm great how have are a you yes
0: with us today hi I'm Paul Roth <laughs> are you sure it's not Malcolm like Malcolm in the middle it feels yeah, like it except go. the chairs as high as yours <laughs> so one of the things uh, we brought Paul here he is uh, Paul Roth uh, who's in
1: R-O-U-T-H it?
0: yes with uh, he's an attorney yes uh, and also a CPA so he has a uh, uh, law degree went to NYU Penn State and the University of Toledo that's me <laughs> did you just graduate can't you tell by the by the hear? gotcha <laughs> yeah. and seriously for our listeners too paul has done work for mcgowan brabender for um decades
1: right yes. for us and and for many many of our clients and for for some of his own clients so Arissa is his specialty
2: yes and i appreciate the opportunity yeah so i wow. really appreciate you being yeah. here hey my pleasure
1: so it's um it's March, we don't normally publish the date that we publish these, but we're going to talk this morning a little bit about health care reform, um, ACA, repeal and replace, well, we're not sure what to call it yet. Um, but it's freezing cold, and it shouldn't be this cold today.
0: What's well, going to be, is tomorrow St. Patrick's Day? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. that kind of snuck up. Right. I'm Irish.
1: Well, it's like 16 degrees, which isn't, it's cold. No, it's really cold. I'm not happy about that, <laughs> yeah. so... Yes, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So the reason we're, we're giving you the date today is because we're talking about something that's very timely and this came out on March 6th, right? Yes, yes very fluid. Um, so combination of two bills combined into one proposal?
2: Well, no, there's really three bills out there, but the main one, and, and the reason it's so complicated is because of the makeup of both the House and the Senate. Um, reconciliation and not to get too much into the weeds, but reconciliation only requires a 51 uh, vote to get past the Senate. So they're doing it, in reconciliation is the main part, which has really been the focus. And then the other three bills would require a 60, uh, a 60 vote uh, to pass. And one of the problems is with reconciliation, it's a limit as to what they can accomplish by doing that. And if I could jump into that for a little bit, this is some of
0: the things that are on the on the table yeah, yeah it's, it's, i think probably from like thirty thousand feet well, that, as we, yeah as we talk about the affordable care act i think you know march of 2010 yes going back you know seven years one is that legislation was was written swiftly
1: and it was voluminous it was yes lots of pages
0: exactly and um and it was also pushed through very fast and with it, no republican votes correct because of the element, unfortunately, of the political landscape of our country today. Yes. yes. Which is, quite frankly, where we are right now, Again. in 2017. Exactly. So. Only un- the
1: other way. Correct. Yes. Right. right. This was only 120 pages though, right? This was a lot smaller.
2: Yes, it's a lot smaller. Well, is that, is that better or is that worse?
1: We're not sure. I, yeah. That's a guess.
2: But the devil's in the details, so if you don't have the details, you don't have the devil, perhaps. Correct. <laughs> <Right.
1: Yeah. laughs> well, some might argue that. Yeah, some listeners might argue that. That's right. Uh.
2: Um, but uh, let, me, let me just give a real high overview. One, one they're talking about repealing the employer mandate. Uh, another, they're talking about repealing the individual mandate. One thing to bear in mind is there's been a lot of criticism about the reporting requirements. If they do repeal the employer mandate, they still think that there'll be some reporting requirements there on the employer, but it'll be a lot more simplified. With the individual mandate, there's a penalty if you don't have coverage. Under the proposed bill, what would happen, it'd be no penalty, but if you have a gap in coverage, it'd be a 30% surcharge.
1: Yeah, a 63 day gap. Yes. This is very, very short. Yes. And on the repeal, correct me if I'm wrong, it's retroactive to 2016.
2: That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Uh, the Cadillac tax, a lot of people w- were complaining about the Cadillac tax. What they did is they pushed it back to the year 2025, which is really a lifetime away. But the one thing that they were talking about that didn't happen, at least in the current version, is that the employer will get a full deduction for the premiums. One of the things they were talking about is taking away the Cadillac tax, but then limiting the deductibility for the employer's premium. So that is currently, like I said, the the Cadillac tax is is postponed, but it would be full deductibility. And again, that's where it is today. That doesn't mean it won't change.
1: Which just continues what what we currently have. Exactly.
2: A couple other things is, um, for, again, not to get too much in the weeds, but with health FSAs, there's a cap. That would go away. Uh, they would allow for paying over-the-counter drugs, which is a big deal. Wait a minute,
1: with let's, ta- yeah, no tax. Let's
0: go back to um, FSA because, yes. actually, I, I, I see that as a really positive aspect. Yeah. Because yes. yeah. Um, today the limit is? 2600 200. Correct. And dependent child care is? $5,000, but that's that, that exactly. won't change. Yeah, that doesn't so change. So we're talking about a flexible spending account. And right now, um, uh, it's it's limited, and I yeah. do think that is actually, although the ele- the equivalent of uh, HSAs, but those those folks on non-HSA HSA right. plans, right? Yes,
1: or for dental and vision mm-hmm. under the limited. So there, the expansion. There's a little bit of expansion for HSAs in this bill. Yes, and then the the re- removal of the limit on the FSA.
0: Yes,
1: and so all of these things that they're proposing are good for the consumer. Uh, still the full deductibility of the premiums for employers, yes, but that takes away the element of tax revenue, right?
2: Yeah, and I I want to get into that. Under the current bill, low-income people are entitled to a subsidy, and basically, if you have less than 400% of the federal poverty level, then you're entitled to a subsidy, which would help pay uh, your premiums through the exchanges. What they're proposing is that the... It'd uh, be a tax credit, but it'd be based on age only and that uh, it really wouldn't matter on... Well, it, w- it gets phased out over over um, your income if your income goes up. Um, what they're saying, at least you know currently, is that probably the lower income people will be hurt because the amount they receive will be less. And for the older people with more money, they would get something which Before they wouldn't. Yeah,
1: because
0: everything I read that 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 spread for the older population is it's pretty significant. Yes,
1: and I I, help me understand a little bit because I've I've read about this. I've tried to understand this. It's it's uh, I'm not going to use the right words. You could it's refundable but it's also payable in advance. Do you understand the mechanics around what they're proposing?
2: Well, they really haven't come out with a lot of detail,
0: but- Maybe that's why
1: I don't understand
0: (laughs) it yet. No, it's a great question, because when you go, let's say you go buy something at Best Buy. Right. And they said there's a $200 rebate. Yeah. If you send all this stuff in. Right. Well, the big issue is, is can I afford it?
1: First. Correct. Right. Can I even get it and then wait? There's a timing issue.
0: Exactly. You
2: know, and and one of the things, that that brings up the last point I wanted to bring up uh... jumping ahead of myself I think with Obamacare it was uh... expanded coverage but very little cost control I think under the trump care and again maybe I'm not the first one to use that but that's what we're talking about the new thing what they're saying is that there's access and there is some cost control but can you afford it and one of the uh... commentaries I heard is like everybody has access to a rolls-royce but Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you can afford it right and with these credits the way they're talking about there's a big concern that although they would have access to the coverage they may not be able to afford it
1: yeah and that's i mean that the reality whenever there's new legislation is that sounds great in this room
2: yes. can we
1: put it into action what does that mean for the the american population um and you call it trump care and the news is calling it trump care the name of it is the american health care act,
2: act that's right right so yes.
1: like people call it obamacare and it was the affordable care act or the patient protection and if the PAPACA Affordable Care Act, it'll, it'll continue to be renamed. But right now, that's what it is, American Health Care Act.
2: Let, let me just touch briefly on some of the things that they want to uh, keep, in, in, I guess, under the current law and
0: what they propose. Before you do that, can I ask you a question? Sure. So when we go back to the Affordable Care Act when it was initially passed, it was potentially the, the CBO came out and said this is going to be a, billion, a trillion dollar expenditure. Yes. So inside of that, they looked at a couple things. One is um, uh, they reduced reimbursements to uh, hospitals uh, significantly.
1: Under, under, under Medicare?
0: Under Medicare. Yeah. yeah. Then also they had um, collection of fees through the individual mandate, the employer mandate, and yes. proposed ta- Cadillac tax legislation to help fund the trillion-dollar expenditure for mm-hmm. right. the Affordable Care Act.
1: There were some taxes out there on medical devices, which... Yeah.
0: Um, insurance. Uh, means, yeah, some Some tax. other things. Health those, insurance tax. All those yes. elements. So, yes. let, let's just assume for a minute that all of a sudden now we're talking about eliminating the employer mandate, eliminating the individual mandate, and then also the delay of the, of the Cadillac tax. Mm-hmm. We might yeah. call it a Buick tax, we might, I don't know what we're going to call <laughs> it. An auto tax. <laughs> Correct. But out to 2025. Yes. So if you talk about the funding of this, so where's the revenue stream where's the money? to pay for this? That That's
2: part of the problem. One of the things that they're getting a lot of pushback on is currently they expanded the Medicare eligibility rules. And then what they did is the federal government said they're going to pay 90% of the cost to the states. Now what they want to do is they want to do block grants, where what they do is just give them a yeah. certain set amount of money and say, here, you're on your own. And a lot of the Republican states, the governors, they expanded, like, example, Ohio did. They expanded right. um, Medicaid. Well, now all of a sudden they're going to say, instead of us paying 90%, we're going to give you X number of dollars.
1: And you manage it.
2: And you manage it. So that that's that's a big problem. Huge individual impact for, right. for individual states.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. and th- no new, I mean, this bill actually includes no new expansion to Medicaid beyond 2020, right? Yes. I mean, there's a specific date In there that they call out in terms of that I want to go back to and something you said quickly and then we'll jump ahead if you don't have coverage for 63 days yes a 30% surcharge on top of the premium that they would offer you they're Mm -hmm. gonna allow health plans to surcharge people with a gap in coverage that's how they're trying to get, get people under this proposed legislation to maintain coverage yes because insurance only works when we have healthy and sick insured together
2: yeah, uh, one of the things you'll see is a, a lot of pushback from the providers and the hospitals, and the reason for that is under the current law, you have to have essential health benefits, which is a category ten broadly uh, listed categories, and it has to have a minimum actuarial value. And again, not to get into the weeds too much, but basically the lowest plan has to pay at least sixty percent of the claims. One of the things they are talking about. Is eliminating that requirement right so now all of a sudden why the providers are concerned is there's no free lunch so let's say you have a plan that only pays 40 percent of the claims that's going to be a cheaper plan what happens is probably the lower income people and the healthier people are going to buy that lower price plan right. which is fine but all of a sudden they get a medical bill or or, or high claims they're going to go to the hospital the plan's only going to pay 40%. The, the person's going zi- to Yeah, and, and, and the person "Well, I don't have any money. Right. So, therefore, that's why that's a big pushback from the providers
0: and the hospitals. I think when you talk about the Affordable Care Act and our health care costs in this country today, it's this big, gigantic balloon, right? That's and it's true. full at $3 trillion plus. All these modifications, the first Affordable Care Act, the proposed legislation, changes. Taking any air out of the balloon, That's which right. is squeezing it one direction or the other. That's I right. certainly understand from a hospital perspective um, that those benefit levels protected organizations and facilities against maximum out-of-pockets, yes. collection rates potentially increased, and now their fear is uh, additional out-of-pockets, their collection yeah. rate decreases, the economic exactly. challenges that it has on doctors, hospitals and the healthcare system.
2: Exactly. There's no free lunch, so if this one person doesn't be able to pay it, they're going to have to recoup it somewhere yeah, else. Correct. right. and, and it's it exactly like ends you said up in
1: the private payer market, which is our employers. That's yes. typically where we see that bill land.
0: Well, you can't take 20% of our economy, which is what healthcare is, and you can't pop the balloon either. Absolutely, that's an, that's an economic disaster right. for all of us. And
1: that I think you were getting ready to talk about that. Speaking of not popping the balloon, I mean, this I have heard a lot of analysts say this has so many elements of the prior bill in it, and we're it surprised.
0: Which so, actually might help us lead into what you wanted to talk about before I interrupted you. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> Which is, hey, what <laughs> stays the same? Right. I, you
2: know, and a lot of these things are kind of sexy, and that's how come uh, there's a lot of talk about they're going to cover children up to age 26. That was very popular. Uh, the maximum waiting period currently is 90 days and that stays the same.
1: <laughs> Did you say this is sexy? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> He's an arrest yeah, okay. attorney. Yeah, right. to me it is. We'll take it. Yeah. Okay. His uh, brethren wrote this. So. Well, thank you. 90-day yeah. uh, waiting period. The essential health benefits where I talked about before, the, the 10 categories. There's no uh, annual or lifetime limits on those essential health benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, no caps uh, on the uh, out-of-pockets. Um, no pre-existing condition, that's a big deal. Uh, first dollar coverage for preventive care. One of the things that, that, that um, has gotten a little attention is right now th- there's limits on how much uh, carriers can charge based on age. And right now the spread's three to one and they're talking about changing it five to one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that has a lot to do with the community rating. Exactly. The underwriting there and that, that under under 50, that small group market.
2: Yes, and the community rating still seems to be in effect currently. Right. And I think it really makes sense, and you guys can speak to that more than I can, but if you didn't have community rating, what they w- the carriers would do, and again, they're not the bad guys, they would look at a group and say, well, if your claims are gonna be $100,000, then if there wasn't community rating, we'll charge you $101,000. With community rating, there's, there's limits on how much they can charge, and it's based across the whole book, more or less.
1: Right. And it, it previously, it was somewhere around 7 to 1 prior to Up to
2: 8 to 1. ACA. I heard...
1: 7 to 1 to 9 to 1, somewhere in that range.
2: I heard actuarially it's about 4.48. Okay. something like 4.5. But they were
1: allowed to go that far before the, the, yes. ACA yeah, brought so it down to 3 to 1. Before
0: is, um, you know, for groups that had less than 50 employees, if you were young and yes. healthy you got hammered Yeah. the impact of community rating. If you were older and sicker, there was a significant you got a significant benefit. windfall. So I don't disagree with the, with the new uh, proposed five to one ratio. However, no. uh, even uh, on exchange plans and individual, it does mean, historically a 64 year old, right, that might've paid $1,000 a month prior to the Affordable Care Act, their yeah. rates went down to maybe $700. Yes. A 24-year-old male, their, their rate was $62. It was really low. Their rate went to $300. Right. so um, obviously what happened is, uh, and I'm not saying this specifically, but an older, sicker generation jumped into this pool, and the younger, healthier population
1: Jumped out. Yeah,
0: fish out of water. Yeah, right? yeah. and that's
1: just the exact opposite of what you need to Correct. make an insurance plan work, which is why we're seeing carriers come out of those exchange plans, some areas with only one option available.
0: Yes, I
1: mean, the premise of insurance is, is sick and healthy together, health insurance, mm-hmm. and insuring an, an unknown risk. That's the idea. It, and, and spreading it across it. many, many payers. So I, I
0: think what's important too is to realize what we were doing before the Affordable Care Act was not working. Let's yeah. agree to that. So the 3 to 1 ratio, let's just agree to the fact that that wasn't horrifically successful and effective. And that's potentially, right. the five-to-one ratio might be a bad idea as well. But staying at three-to-one ratio yeah. is economic disaster. Right. And five-to-one, at least moving closer right. to, the, to the right. The right.
2: last thing I wanted to talk about and throwing red meat to these guys is one of the <laughs> things they're talking about. It's red meat? <laughs> yeah. It's selling, um, having the ability to sell insurance across state lines. And, you know, President Trump gets up there and says, well, that's more competition and, and it makes sense. I think some of the concerns are the fact that some states have less consumer protection than other states. Mm-hmm. So for example, and I'm just picking a state and I really don't even know the laws of that state, but let's <laughs> say for example, Iowa has less consumer protection than what you would get from a policy in Ohio. I think there's a concern about the, the, the people in Ohio, the, 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 the uh, legislators in Ohio having policies sold here that doesn't protect their citizens. The other thing, and this is more what uh, Ann and, and Scott can talk about, is, you know, a dollar is really not a dollar when it comes to health It's the provider network. Correct. Right. So, you know, if you have an insurance company, and again, I'll just pick Iowa, if they don't have a provider network here in Dayton, Ohio, for example, the fact that they're selling over state lines really isn't going to be that that beneficial. Right. And that's a segue for you
0: guys. There. It's
1: a, I mean, that's just a complicated I can't even envision how to solve that it's a dilemma right now so I'll use your phrase it's a dilemma it's not a problem so it's it seems unsolvable right now if we break it down into little pieces maybe it could be solvable yeah
0: I think so politically it just um, you know if you if you don't know a lot about our health care system and the cost saying something like selling across state lines increases competitions and lower costs for the consumers so to it, the it average person good. It, yeah, sounds it sounds, sounds good right. yes. and it's a good you know it's a good theory uh, soundbite right? right so and people get behind that right. but ultimately um, there's a reason why insurance companies can't compete in a market
1: I mean you, you have to have you have to have an, a network you have to an insurance uh, health care is regional I mean populations are regional you have to be able to have access to to those markets access to care to Paul's point you have to have consumer protections so um, you know, we don't have time to, I'll use your word, unpack this during this segment, but if you're anybody who's over the age of, of, of 45 or 50, if you'll remember, you couldn't bank across state lines, right? There was a time where you couldn't go across the river in Kentucky and make a deposit at your Cincinnati, same bank, one in Kentucky, one in Cincinnati. You couldn't make a deposit across state lines. They would mail it, right? That was the Glass-Steagall Act. When that fell, people could bank across state lines. So now, I'm, you know, what if I can bank across state lines? I'm in Arizona, I use a bank that's in Ohio and there's no branch, who cares? Who cares if I can bank across state lines? It involves infrastructure, it involves people talking to each other. It would mean the carriers maybe having reciprocal networks. I mean, this is far beyond what, what can be solved in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, a system that operates that way today is Medicare. Right, mm-hmm. because there's right. a pricing schedule and it allows Competitors to compete in a market because pricing is controlled. Now I'm a big fan of nationally. Capitalism. It's nationally, controlled for, nationally, right. right? So if I want to universal plan, I want to compete. Obviously, the economic uh, investment in starting an insurance company and managing Medicare, and Medicare Advantage, uh, that that is something for a completely different subject. However, um, you you can compete because the right. in, pricing metrics are set. Yeah. But in a commercial market,
1: it, it's a lot more difficult. It's the co- players have to talk to each other. I think. I'm making a prediction. I don't. Who knows if he'll be right? I think that in our lifetime, we will see insurance across state lines. I don't know what it looks like, but it's not something that's out of the realm of possibilities. It's a lot more possible than some things we've talked about, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, But I don't think it's any time in the next 12 or 48 months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Whether we like it or not, if we don't address these problems, we're going there anyway. So just get in the back seat. Right, or get stay in the front seat and make good, prudent decisions to yes. our healthcare
1: system. Uh, so for our employers that are listening, I mean, there's they, there's nothing to do at this moment. Just that's right. be aware, right? Have your ear to the ground. Talk to your advisor, your consultant, your broker. Um, yeah, There's nothing to do yet, right?
2: That's right. And and with the political background the way it is, I mean, like President Trump talked about the wiretapping, so there's a lot of focus on that. Talk about Russia, uh, the... Uh, Immigration ban, and you know it it takes political capital and it, it remains to be seen i mean it's not beyond the realm that health care reform falls off the table i mean it, it is possible that nothing gets passed i mean right now there's a big divide within the Republicans themselves to even get the fifty one votes for for the uh for the First reconciliation part, and right. if they can't get the first part done, they're certainly not going to get the other parts done. One of the parts they're talking about is, is um, association health plans. That's another good example. They say, "Oh, well, we'll just band together, and that will reduce costs." It's almost like you know, it's selling across state lines. That, in and of itself, isn't really going
0: to do it. Correct. Right. So. I think also for our listeners, whether you're an employer or an individual. All of the elements that were passed in 2010, it was very complicated, right? Yes. So all this proposed legislation with a timeline. And, and actually, they did a pretty good job of rejecting this out from 2010 all the way up to 2018. And what was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yes. On the heels of that, much of that was um, was jettisoned, and a lot of it was delayed. Right. Some was actually repealed. So if you're reading this, these legislative briefs and the the... Uh, the the CBO uh, you know documentation yeah. on the cost of this D- don't get so mired up in the fact that this is what's going to happen right because it's very likely what's going to happen and what you said too we, we might take no step which i hope yeah. that's not the case but we're probably going to take small steps towards that and yeah. there's a good chance when we take a step forward we might take two steps back right yeah and, and like i
2: said it's just the political background like you brought up an excellent point about even with you know, Obamacare. Some of those things were postponed, and, and I think a lot of that was just for political reasons. For example, the Cadillac tax was postponed till twenty twenty
1: to get through uh, the election. Yeah, to get through the election. Yeah. Correct. So, so stay tuned. Um, more to come, right? As we have information, um, we'll make sure that we share it with you. We will have um, some more information towards the end of April through one of our learning centers. So we have
0: uh, Paul Roth as a guest and uh, Grant Reed. Reed who's been in this business a long time. Longer than us. Yeah, longer yeah. than yeah. us. That's longer so, uh, than you? I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. He's yeah, not think, here, so I'm wow. going to say yes. <laughs> That's okay. coming up in April, so hopefully you can, uh, you can uh, join us. Yeah,
1: so. so we'll post a few things out on our, our blog about this if you want to read those um, at healthierbirthdays.com. And if you need to reach us, you can reach me at Anne at healthierbirthdays.com. Or, or
0: Scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Thank you so hey, much, Paul. Paul. Yes. One is, um, what you're a really smart guy. Oh.
1: We try not to tell him that too often, but yeah. now there's a permanent record of it. And there is, uh,
0: yeah. there's a lot of complexity in uh, in a whistle in law, oh, yeah. and uh, you're really intentional about it. So there's people that play in this space, mm. right? And then there's people that really know what they're talking about. And uh, you're not only an asset to McGowan Braybender, but to our customers, and um, a lot of people that you work with in the state of Ohio. So. Well,
2: I appreciate that. And again, look at our news, um, our compliance newsletter is always yep. pretty I good. I think
1: it went out to today. Yeah, as I think well. it's going out today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Side Effects. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at Scott at HealthierBirthdays.com.
1: Or Ann at HealthierBirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects.